Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, chapter 39, text 24. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Kasam Mukundo Madhumanjubashitai. Vihita Chitta Paribhan Manasyapi. Katam punana pratyasyate bala gramyasalaja smita vimbramayam. Although Armakunda is intelligent and very obedient to his parents, once he has fallen under the spell of the honey sweet words of the women of Matara, and been enchanted by their alluring, shy smiles, how will he ever return to us unsophisticated village girls? Quite high. Om Gyana Timarandasya, Gananjana Shalakaya, Chaksur Udmalatam Yena, Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha, Sri Chaitanya Mano Bistam Stapi Yena Putale, Swayam Rupak Padamayam Dadati Sa Padantikam Panchakalpa Turubyascha Kripasindu Bayevacha Patitanam Pavanebyo Vaishnavebyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siadvaita Gadadhar Shivasade Gor Bhaktavinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So I gave morning class. I have a little audience here today. I gave morning class and it was like a travelogue. And uh, we'll have to get the, uh, a new place to fit all the people that want to come now because it sounded so attractive. But um, Indira, are you there? I think yes, I Maharaj. Oh, no picture? I thought you could say he hello to somebody. Hello. Haribo. <laughs> we miss you. Oh, we miss you too. I miss you too. Thank you so much. <laughs> and do you want to tell the people there uh, just uh, how uh, your experience of the trip? It, it's amazing, you guys. You should definitely go if you have the opportunity. The air is very, it's just, it's so, you know, ironically, my driver home was from Colombia. <laughs> and we talked about it. And he, he talked about how his father comes to New York for two weeks and is like, I don't know how you live here. <laughs> he wants to, uh, I'm sorry, probably talking too fast. Sorry. No, 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 it's good. Oh. Um, and he's saying, you know, why, why are you here in New York? But we talked about it. it's just so beautiful it's it's lovely it's peaceful although there are a lot of birds and a lot of frogs at night but still it is just like you get used to it and it's natural and the food is amazing it's just a amazing experience the people are just the salt of the earth like they're just so sweet oh my gosh I miss you guys incredibly it was it's worth going it really really is they're just the sweetest people. <laughs> okay, I can uh, now explain. 
because uh, I really haven't prepared. This is the highest subject. I'll get to that. But um, my Monday morning greetings was the happiest people in the world. And I was reflecting on Ricardo the gardener and this lady. Yeah. And I was just trying to figure out what is it about their lives that um, facilitate happiness. So first I, I wanted to give a, uh, a, a definition of happiness and there's many definitions. And how I defined happiness was a good mind. And what a good mind is, is in Sanskrit, we'll call it a klishtavritti. You have good th thoughts. And good thoughts means you, you have impressions and attractions for things that are good. Like you like service, you like humility, you like, you know, gratitude, you, you know. And, 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 and good thoughts also, you're averse to things that are bad. You know, whatever they are, things that give bad impressions or bad thoughts. And the more that you have good thoughts in your mind, the more your mind will be elevated to the mode of goodness or, or a happy state. And bad thoughts are, you're, 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 you're not attracted to, you're attracted to bad things. You know, you like avarice, you like greed, you know, you like ego, and you're, you're, averse, to, you're averse to good things. You know, you don't like to take the humble position. You don't like, so I was just saying, what is it about like a more humble life that can facilitate good thoughts. So I think I'm, it's not even edited, but I'm gonna read it here. And uh, this is the upcoming Monday morning greetings, not yet done. And since we're in Colombia, it'll be a, uh, and, uh, Okay, here it is. They are the happiest people in the world. Well, maybe not the happiest, but that was my spontaneous thought when observing Ricardo, our gardener, and Mareja, the servant cleaner. Their smiles reminded me of the type of smile Krishna wears called smitta, a closed mouth smile without any external impetus that simply reflects one's inner contentment. Why are there so many simple people here in Colombia who seem so content and joyful when they have so little, especially compared to the first world? Before trying to unravel this query, let's first settle on a standard measure of happiness to gauge my observation. There are several ways to define happiness. Let me choose one. Happiness is a mind of good thoughts. What are good thoughts? Good thoughts are attachments to the qualities that elevate one's consciousness, like devotion and humility, and the activities that inspire those activities, attitudes, and aversion to qualities that degrade one's consciousness, like pride and avarice. In other words, the more your mind is imbued with healthy attachments and aversions, and the less it is imbued with unhealthy attachments and inversions or bad thoughts, the happier one is. 
Now let's let us look at the attitudes that are naturally invoked in a simple life that elevate one's spirits. And I'll give commentary. They have a very simple life, right? Like you say, we pay them nicely for Colombia, but it it just maintains barely maintains a simple life. Okay, okay. First, Santosh, contentment. Happiness is a contentment that is expressed in the good thought enough. It seems that people with a humble life seem much more content with the simple joys in life and their modest possessions, while those who live in excess of their needs are more imbued with the mode of passion and never feel that they have enough. Right? So they just seem to be like enough. It doesn't seem like their assurance. There is certainly some truth in the Hebrew saying, um, the more you have, the more worries you have, right? One of the worries is the fear of losing any of the multitude of one's attachment. All things being equal, people who live a modest life are, less, are therefore less fearful. Let's see, decisiveness. Studies have shown that the more choices one has, the more difficult it is to make decisions. Sociologists have called this the paradox of choice. As society becomes more affluent and the choice in food, clothes, and travel increase, there is a greater likelihood that people waver on the plane of indecisiveness, increase their material expectations, and even become more dissatisfied with their choices fearing that they have made the wrong one. <laughs> Modest people who have less, therefore, tend to be more resolute in their minimal choices, in the minimal choices they make, and in, and in less anxiety. You know, and, and the choices we have to make, they, you know, it's simple. They're just, it's like, a go to work, go back, call my family, go to the grocery. It's just, okay. And emotionally stable. The single greatest factor for general well-being and even physical health is the amount of quality relationships one has. Affluence in the modern world gives one a mobility in occupation and residence, which makes it more difficult to maintain community and family relationships. Often modest people have no choice where they live and work. To take birth, live and die in the same place creates the maximum opportunity to have the meaningful relationships in life that fill the mind with thoughts of stability and support. Of course, it, it's not an absolute, you know, but it's just what facilities they have that can be compromised. Gratefulness. The more you have, the greater your expectations are and the less likely you will feel deep love and appreciation in exchanges with others. In contrast, simple people have modest expectations and are easy to please. In other words, people who live a humble life tend to have deeper thoughts of gratefulness and appreciation in their consciousness. Devotion and faith. Srila Prabhupada used to quote the British poet Cooper. The city is made by man and the country is made by God. Modern civilization in a myriad of ways from the over-dependence on technology to its postmodern view of education tends to cover the divine. 
by dint of the sheer simplicity of their lives, the more modest are less affected by the complexity of modern life and therefore more likely to experience the beautiful impressions in the mind inspired by simple faith, a sense of the Lord's protection and the eternality of one's existence. Aristotle made the insightful observation that happiness is the goal, but it is never the means to anything else. You may counter his conclusion by offering some other goal he challenged, but it would easily be rebutted by the simple observation that the goal proposed was simply the means to happiness. So yes, happiness is the goal. And we have a lot to learn from Ricardo, Mireja, and the simple God-fearing people of Colombia. Do you agree? <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, it's not an absolute, but there's, there's certain things. I, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. You can have things and, and have the same feelings and things and get it in other ways. And poverty can ruin all good qualities too. But there's just something about these, uh, uh, what to speak of them, what to speak of Don Dito, <laughs> the guy who takes care of the cows. I mean, <laughs> what do you think, uh, Sham Kishore? True? Yeah, it's true. I, I was thinking about when, uh, when we are a chef, other people are like Don Tito, like Mireta, uh, Ricardo. And I was thinking, how stay not depressed? <laughs> <laughs> they don't get depressed. Uh, because they are simple. <laughs> I, I, um, I once wrote an article called, is, is there therapy in the Vedas? <laughs> and I think, you know, you don't hear of like therapists, right? You don't hear about therapists in the, you know, and I said like, you know, like why you don't hear about therapists and things like that. I heard Argentina has the highest per capita psychologist in the world. <laughs> but you don't hear about it. And my conclusion was, is because, you know, mental problems are caused by dysfunctional family in basically two ways. If there's not, I mean, it's many ways, but in generally, if there's not enough um, affection, then, when the world changes, as it does, you, you don't draw on these some scars of hope that were put into you when you were young by love from family. And the other thing is, is if you don't have the proper boundaries, you know, when you're young, you know, like you don't, when you grow up, you should grow up in a world that's not negotiated by your desires. <laughs> But, you know, so, you know, when you, when you grow up in a family, when there's, you know, the proper protective, aid, you know, they set the boundaries, generally the father more the boundaries, the mother more the nurturing, then what happens is the mind doesn't become overly active. But if that's not there, it's constantly negotiating the world. Is it two ice creams today? Is it four ice creams today? Is it one? My mother feels this, I get less and more. So the mind, when you grow up, becomes too overly active and anxiety and everything. I remember, he's not on, but Kalachandri and Shadhanjali, 
they brought their kids to India once for six months. So I'm, I'm sitting, they took me to the MBT for lunch. I'm hoping they'll come here to Kali. I, I don't know if you met them. Yeah, they're very good friends with Brahmatirta and uh, Tamal Krishnamarja's brother. So we, we went to the NVT and uh, the youngest daughter, she was only six. And she said, um, because they were treating me to a meal. I said, Marge, would you like some ice cream? Mm -hmm. I said, sure. And then uh, uh, Kalachandri began to laugh. I said, what are you laughing for? She said, she's such a rascal. She knows we only get ice cream on Sunday. <laughs> so I was appreciating, you know, she had a father there that set boundaries. It's just not constantly negotiating things. So it's, there's something that we kind of, kind of lose. There's a, 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 another few points I'm going to just, cause I'm, I have to go on the run here for today's class. Um, yeah. And I have some references here, too. The thing on, on emotionally stable, I, I've, I've sent a reference that there's this fame. It's called the Grant Study in Harvard. And I, I said this before. What? Yeah, I said that they did. In, they studied 400 people of different backgrounds. And so by the time, you know, the study was like, you know, 60, 70 years old. They had all sociological information on all the people. And they can look back, you know, and one of the startling things is what was the main factor that caused good physical health? And of course, diet was up there and uh, uh, exercise was up there. But number one was the number of quality relationships the people had in their life was the factor. So I thought these people that they they grow up and, you know, it, it's just more stable. You know, it, it's just simpler. The other thing I was thinking, I didn't put it in this stuff, but I have a godbrother named Tejas. And Tejas is a genius. He, he's, he's writing a book on Prabhupada. He probably had more association with Prabhupada than anyone, practically. He was the temple president in Delhi. And anyone who wanted any money in all of India had to go to him. So, and uh, he, he joined, he told me at his major in college, he made it up. It was, it was um, something, anyway. But Prabhupada told him to start the Kisan movement, the farm movement, because he worked in the Peace Corps. And he went to Boston and he, and he studied every book on natural economics and he said that the the strongest economic stability one could have if he's born lives and dies in the same place and he actually described that the health system will eventually crush the economies of every country you know just taking care of the elderly and and the whole thing where they didn't have that problem because you, you, you didn't have like nursing homes and, you know, you just were in the same village and it, it just, so all these things are there. Um, uh, and this article about the paradise of choice, the guy's name is Barry Schwartz. It's a Ted talk. You, you, Cause I know sometimes you like documentaries. 
amazing what his studies were, you know, how the more choices you have, the less you actually make a decision. And he described, maybe you will realize this, uh, Sri Govinda. When we grew up, there was one pa pair of jeans, right? We had one pair of jeans. I, I called them dungarees. I don't know if anybody else has that kind of name, but we had one pair of jeans. What? Dungarees. Yeah, we were, we got to prepare dungarees. One pair of jeans. So he said, and he, you'll see from the thing. He's giving a TED talk, and he's like in uh, casual, you know, like uh, a t-shirt. You know, he's like simple guy. He said, you know, he for like thirty years he had the same pair of jeans, and then he went in. And there were all these different ones, right? And he couldn't decide, <laughs> you know, on the fit and the thing. And then as soon as he walked out, he was in so much anxiety that he chose the wrong one. <laughs> so they, they just didn't have the same problems. Um, okay. Now, I, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of a variety show today because I... I uh, let me see. Uh, okay, I'll give the people the fun here. Some other people are watching the class. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, before I continue, Shayanta, do you, would you like to say hello to everyone? Are you there? No? Hi, hi. Krishna. Hi, Krishna. Oh, it's so nice to see everyone again. Hey, I even saw the dogs. <laughs> Hope your trip wasn't too rough getting home. Oh, it was. It was kind of wild. We just barely made the connecting flight. We all oh were God. rushing together, and and there were so many people on flight to LaGuardia Airport that they had to hold up the plane for us. Oh my God. But it was great. And the trip to the airport was a real adventure. <laughs> oh, but I really miss you guys. It was so nice. And uh, it's so nice to be seeing you all again so soon, right on the porch there. It was a great time. I, I, recommend, it to, I recommend it to anyone who's considering going next time. It was just fabulous. Um, just a, a, a week of just real pleasure beautiful places to go see. The people are really so nice. The, your whole community, all the people that come every, that come uh, from around the area, just so nice and so supportive. And uh, there wasn't a bad feeling or word the whole time I was there. It was just wonderful. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay, thanks. Well, that was nice, right? <laughs> okay. Now let us get to the gopis. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, let me get back to this first. It's, it's a little bit like, anyway, I'm not geared into this, you know, because I have been, but we're, we're studying the story of Akura. And the reason why that story is so like important is because it expresses in, within the story the feelings that God himself wanted to have as a devotee and why he came as Lord Chaitanya. He came to experience the 
love of his devotee, the topmost devotee, at the height of her feelings. And, and that's actually what's expressed here, which is because this is one of the stories that's mentioned in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that, that Lord Chaitanya, it, it describes his meditation. So you get an idea of how we can practice Krishna consciousness like from the beginning to the end, because it's the story of God becoming a devotee. So when he gets to Puri to fulfill, that's the last 18 years of his life, to fulfill the internal reason for his descent, which is for God to experience the mood of the devotee, but the topmost devotee. So by what he's hearing, at least what's revealed in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, we get an idea of what stories and what books express those feelings. Because the whole idea was that, oh, excuse me, the whole idea was that one of the main ways in which you get your, get your, the sentiments of devotion, just classic poetics. And, and what poetics are, are, you know, poetry and song and stories, drama, is what they do is they take an experience in the world, and they recreate it so you can feel it. And I, when I talk about this, I, I, I give this story, but I don't know if I gave it here, but I certainly gave it on the class, is my, I, I think I told in one of the classes here, but you know, my grandfather and grandmother, and they got married when they were young, and then there was not like no romance, three kids and then no romance, you know? And then sometimes the man becomes tired with the emotional stuff and the woman never gets enough of it. And, and therefore, at least in that, that, that relationship, you know, they, they slept in separate beds. And but my grandfather was kind of nice. My grandmother wanted some glamor. So every winter she would go and stay in Miami for the winter and take pictures of herself in a bathing suit <laughs> and then come back and we'd see it. And we couldn't wait. She came back and, you know, have, you know, I don't know if you ever saw those little plastic things look up in the, in the light at the light and you have little pictures in them. Yeah. So we'd look at pictures and, uh, we used to get them in the borscht belt, but the pictures <laughs> in the envelope, those hotels, they give you a little keepsake that you yeah. home with a picture. Yeah, so that we used to get those. And uh, then what happened is, 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 you know, she, there was no divorce, but she never felt, you know, she suffered. So my, my, par my parents, I told this before, they took them to fiddle around the roof. And, and it was a story about romance in Russia during the old times. And when, you know, and it was so moving that my grandfather grabbed my mother's grandmother's hand affectionately. And then my grandmother who was sitting next to my grandfather's on this side and my mother's on this side, she was looking at her, her daughter and said, finally some of, so it's very powerful, but in our tradition, it's bhakti ras. So when, so when Lord Chaitanya wanted to get these sentiments and wanted to get these feelings, mm. he'd have to have the proper literature. Mm. And we were talking about this in our classes about chanting the holy name. You know, it's not just chanting the holy name, 
it, it, it has to be accompanied by a feeling to have the result. And the, the, the way I kind of understood that, because Krishna is in his name. So what does it mean when we're chanting the name that there's the pure name? God is there in the name. So I reconcile it that God is a person and a person only reveals himself in love. So even though Krishna is there in the name, to what extent does he reveal himself if within that name is not your heart and your love? And I, I just had that feeling this morning. I was waiting for Mangalartik and I was walking and chanting. And then I just thought like, wait a second, you know, my mind is just thinking so many other things, you know, and that's not the way you chant. So then I remembered what, what we were teaching, you know, think of the sincerity of your chanting. There has to be some heart in it. You have to make that shift because if you don't make that shift. It's going to, it's going to be a stranger before you, not someone, you know, so, um, that was the process you, the, the, to get those feelings to actually for Lord Chaitanya to chant the name. He would, you know, it, he would read, you know, he would hear these books. But the thing about the books was, is they had to be composed because a lot of times the sentiments he, he was feeling were not yet recorded. And there's a verse in the, in, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that says, Anarpita Sharim Charat, Karunaya Batir Na Kalo, Samarpiyatam Unatojvala Rasam Sobhakti Srim, Anarpita, never before given, Anarp Charim Charat for a very long time. Karunaya Kalo. And in this Kali Yuga, he gave it. Samarpiyatam Unatojvala Rasam, Samarpiyatam, he gave Unatojvala this incredible rasa swabhakti of this swabhakti stream of his own love so a lot of times he needed literature for his practice so people would write things but if it's not composed properly then it doesn't have the effect and we can all experience this too even sometimes um i i had this um uh, he's not Henry's not here, but we have a good friend, uh, uh, Alexander. Alexander, I think he was at the Bhakti Immersion. I don't know if he was at the Bhakti Immersion you went, but he's a, 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 a he's a, a a professional actor, a classical professional professional actor, and and you know he's he's really brilliant. Um, so he said, you know, I it, you know. He said, you know, you go to temples, you see Iskand dramas and, you know, so, you know, it, it, it didn't, because he, he knew the science, you know, when you have the taste, it can't, some are very good, but it couldn't just be slapstick or something like that. It has to, you know, it's a science to communicate things. And if it's not done properly, it won't give those feelings. And that's called Ras Abbas. Rasa Bas means, Abbas means like the dawn. In other words, the sun is up, you get the heat and light, but not the full sun. So you don't get the full Rasa unless things are composed properly. It won't have that effect. And if you're a cultured person, and the, literally the term Rasika means culture, if you're a cultured person, it actually, like if you're a connoisseur of eating, 
or let's say someone really likes coffee. And, you know, it just can't, this is, I know most of you don't take it, but if someone really likes coffee, you know, it just can't be any muds, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta be, you have a, it's gotta be fine or, or food. It, it's gotta be, you know, but if someone's not cultured, like if you give them a sweet, if it has sugar and milk in it, wow, great preparation, Prabhu. But someone who is good, they, they, so Lord Chaitanya needed something that really can communicate what, what love is. So people would write, but they couldn't give it to him. They'd have to show it to Sarup Damodar. And he was Rasika, he was a connoisseur. And if, if it had components that were not proper, it wouldn't invoke that feeling. But anyway, what Lord Chaitanya heard, we understand what were the sentiments that he was aspiring for, even if we can't fully realize it. One of them was the sentiments expressed in this story, because Akur is coming with the message from Kamsa that Krishna has to go to this big festival with Nanda Maharaj in Mathura. So now the word has got out to the gopis. And then you start to see what's the level of their love and how they feel, you know, and it's rasa, it, it's, it's love for Krishna in a particular mood. So these verses, are, you know, we have a little access. So I'll read it again. This is what they're feeling. And it's an emotion. And, emo and, and different emotions. There's something called stai bhav. It's, you have a permanent emotion with Krishna at a very high level. I, 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 I want to serve Krishna as a friend. I want to serve Krishna as the gopis. I want to serve Krishna as the parent of Krishna. I want to serve Krishna as his servant. It's called stai bhav. And that particular bob or motion, it reaches its height when it's mixed with other emotions of different types. And each of them have to be appropriate, otherwise it doesn't rise to that level. So here's an emotion. What, so listen to the emotions of this. These are the gopis. This is their love for Krishna. This is really the love that, that God himself wants to experience. It's not ordinary love. It's born out of his own bhakti anand, his own internal potency, his own pleasure potency. And with the drama of the spiritual world, it comes to its height. So he's saying when the dasharas, bojas, andikas, vrishna, these are all the people, and he's going now to Matara, right? So uh, see the son of Devaki and Matra, they will certainly enjoy a great festival for their eyes. So what are they feeling? So they're feeling, it's, it's almost a transcendental jealousy, but, but what's, what's it born out of? It's, it's, it's not, it's just increasing their love and also the pleasure of God, because that's his pleasure. 
as will all those who see him traveling along the road to the city. So now they're just envisioning that Krishna is walking into Mathura or Dwarki is walking into the place and they're envisioning how beautiful he is and what the people on the sides will be seeing, you know, at, with that golden dhoti and the, you know, we were describing in, in the, uh, there's a description of Krishna with the, the wives of the Brahmins. You know, he has a turban. He doesn't like jewelry. He likes it. And the turban, you can put all sorts of like decorations. And, and before, when, he, when he goes out, the mother naturally wants to dress him as opulent as possible. So she's putting on gold, you know, necklaces and, you know, and when he gets out to the forest, you know, he takes off all that jewelry and they, they make all these garlands out of forest fly, flowers. And then they put in his turban, they put peacock feathers and maybe, you know, you know little leaves and, and things like that. And then there's minerals on the floor and they're mixing him and they're painting him and decorating him. You know, so they're envisioning now that Krishna's like walking in with Balaram. And what are they seeing? And, and But what are they feeling? What they're missing? They're feeling this incredible loss. You know, Krishna. And after all, he is the darling of the goddess of fortune and the reservoir of all transcendental qualities. And, you know, when you read these things, and even, you know, the Sanskrit words always have, you know, the utsava means enthusiasm. And it comes from the Sanskrit word throat, because the image of enthusiasm is the is a neck, the stretched neck of a bird that's seeking for a worm. You know, it's kind of that just so Mahotsava comes from Maha, the great enthusiasm, the great festival. Um, and it's the Gunaspadam. The Sri Ramanam, Ramana means the lover, the darling of Sri, the, the goddess of fortune, Guna, the qualities, Aspadam. Aspadam is a reservoir of all good qualities and Drakshanti, they will see, they will see that. Ooh, okay, one more verse here. Matad vidasya kuranasya nama bhut akrura ityatad ativadarana yosavana svasya sadukatam janam priyat priyam neshati param ad advana. You know, so as you kind of study this, certain words have real feeling. Like I saw this word ativa. Ati means extremely. So ativa, extremely. Like uh, ati sundari means extremely beautiful. Ati rata. A Maharata can fight with a thousand warriors. Atirata can fight with has unlimited warriors. So Ati Alabeli. So so it says here, he who is doing this merciless deed should not be called a They keep on becoming upset. 
because Krura means cruel. Akrura means not cruel. And he's the person that's making us suffer to have to think like this, who's taking this person, the reservoir of all qualities, the darling of the goddess of fortune. And he's the, he, and, and, and so now they're getting like really upset. He should not, you know how, you know, they're, they're kind of like really envious now, but it's not, it's just increasing. He is so extremely cruel that without even trying to console the sorrowful residents of Vraja, he is taking away Krishna who, from our sight, who is more dear to us than life itself. So what are they kind of feeling now? And this is God says, I want to have, I want to have these types of feelings. What are they feeling? Gorgovinda Maharaj, who is an incredible Rasik Vaishnav, and he wrote this book called The Embankment of Separation. And he described in this story that there are three types of feelings of separation. The separation, when people are there, but you know they're going, right? Like right now, we're all feeling great separation from Jack because <laughs> he's going. And then when you actually start to leave, that's another level of separation. And when the person is gone, that's another level of separation. And there's three Sanskrit words, Bhuvi, they're all with BH, it's kind of very nice. So the separation when Krishna is actually in those chariots and the wheels are finally moving, the gopis are throwing themselves in front of the chariot, they're grabbing on the reins of the chariot, you know, and then when they, and then the whole scene that will come up when they're kind of like looking, Krishna's like looking back at them and these feelings. Henry, who well maybe one day Henry, you met him once? Yeah, maybe one day Henry will come here. I'm giving these descriptions and he can stay in one Marriott nearby and visit us. <laughs> but um, he has the largest collection of B.G. Sharma art in the world outside of India. And it was in his house. And he has the painting of this pastime of the gopis grabbing on the chariot and the reins and throwing themselves in front of it. So now what is it? This is called Vyabhachari Bhav from the ocean of one's relationship with Krishna comes so many transitory emotions. And it's described, they're like waves. So waves increase the ocean. And then there's waves that hit another wave and increase it. And then there's waves that crash with each other. So it's just like this emotion churning. And he's taking away Krishna, who is more dear, Priyam. He will Priyam, he'll take not just Krishna, who is Priyat Priyam, Priyat Priyam, not just dear, but Priyat Priyam, dear, dearest, the most dear. He's going to take him away and, and Sudukatam. And, and he's taking away and 
anashvasa, not consoling the janam, the people here, the residents of Vrindavan, su dukitam. Dukitam means sad. Su will be. He'll be so extreme. He is ativa darana. He's extremely cruel. He's unlimitedly cruel. There can't be anyone more cruel than a krura. And he gets the name not cruel. This is. This is so. Now they're going to get upset with Krishna. Anadvadiresha samastito ratam taman vimicha dvarayanti durmada gopa anobhi staravir upekshitam daivam chanodya pratikulam ihate. Hard hearted Krishna has already mounted the chariot. And now the foolish cowherds are hurrying after them in their bullock carts. Even the elders are saying nothing to stop him. Today, fate is working against us. So it's such emotion they're feeling. Hard-hearted Krishna, having mounted the chariot, Durmada, Durmada, the foolish cowherd boys, their bullock carts, and the elderly, Pratikulam. Prati means against. Pratikulam, against our fate. It's, it, it, it's, it, fate is working against us. And what's, what, 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 when does fate work against you? When it works against your desires. That's bad karma when it moves towards your desires. But now it's pratikulam, it's working against. Okay, one more verse. Oh, well, I'll repurport. Srila Sridhar Swami reveals what the gopis thought. These foolish cowherd men and elders are not even trying to stop Krishna. Do they realize they are committing suicide? They're helping Krishna to go to Mathura, but they will have to come back to Vrindavan and certainly will die in his absence. The whole world has become nonsensical. I sometimes feel that way. I just can't make sense. I just can't, I, I, I just can't make sense of the world sometimes. Now, we'll, I'll read one more verse. Nevaryama samupetya maravam kemno karishyam kula vridta bandava mukunda sangam nimasharda dustyajad daivena vidvam sita dina chetasam. Let us directly approach Madhava and stop him from going. What can our family elders and other relatives do to us? Now that fate is separating us from Mukunda, our hearts are already wretched for we cannot bear to give up his association even for a fraction of a second. So now, you know, they're not, they're, they're not married to Krishna, so they can't really, but now that's like completely gone because 
what can be worse than Krishna leaving? Are, are, are relatives becoming upset? So anyway, we'll just uh, stop here for today. Um, Jamuna Jai, are you there? Yes, Maharaj. Okay, <laughs> say hello to your friends. Everybody, congratulations, Shamki Shore. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> I was really um, loving the the play on Akura's name. So he it means not cruel, and they're calling him cruel, but actually he is not being cruel because with him taking Krishna, he's giving them the Bipralamba, he's giving them the higher, the higher taste, the higher separation. So even though to them at that moment, they're thinking he's being cruel. Actually, he's giving them the greatest gift of all because he's giving them that separation. So it's such an interesting thing with the, the cruel and the not cruel and what they're seeing at that moment is they perceive it as being cruelty, but actually in that separation, he's he's giving them the best, the best gift. Yeah, it, it's hard to read faith. Just like when a crew is going to uh, Vrindavan to see Krishna, how did he go? Kamsa wanted to kill Krishna and he wanted to bring him. So he's on the chariot and he said, by the Ati Anugraha, by the unlimited mercy of Kamsa. So you never can tell. It's hard to see externally what mercy is sometimes. And now I'll, I'll, I'll tell the joke, Sri uh, Govinda. Okay, there's a Jewish guy that he, he goes up to God, right? And he's going to go to heaven, right? And they say, okay, we'll open the gates for you. He said, I'm not going in until I see the guy in charge. No, he said, you can go in. He said, I want to see the guy in charge. I'm not going to move from here. So, so he said, God, God comes out and he said, he said, I have a question for you. He said, yes. He said, is it true we're the chosen people? God said, yes. He said, do you mind choosing someone else next time? <laughs> um, well, I, 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 excuse me, Ray, I, I got to tell you Jack's joke now. Jack quoted Mel Brooks. I don't know if everyone will appreciate it as much as Sri Govinda, but I, okay. <laughs> Mel Brooks said that when you, you cut your finger, it's tragedy, right? But when you fall in a well and die, that's comedy. Okay. I'm a little intoxicated today because I had some fun this morning. <laughs> okay, anybody else um, like to say hello? Joe Cayley, your family home safely? Yeah, everyone's here. I even got Amala with us today too. Hi, Krishna, everybody. It's Karuna, Kaylian, Amala, and Jalakili. They got back. You returned them safely. Thank you, Gunrush. They must have been quite excited, huh? 
Have yeah, fun. they said they had a wonderful time. Did they give you and bring you back any gifts? Uh, no, no, no. We, no. no we didn't. Yeah. We hey, couldn't. How can, you not, how can you not bring your father back something? <laughs> okay, just tell them all the Krishna kata. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Sorry to embarrass you. Anybody else want to be embarrassed? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Gail, I, I know you. you I know. I know you won't be surprised by this, but I don't get the Mel Brooks joke. Ask your husband, okay? Oh, okay. I doubt he'll be of any help. You're but, talking okay. to someone else, right? And you look at him and you say, he, Mel Brooks was defining comedy. He said, when you cut your finger, that's, that's tragic. When you fall in a ditch, when you fall in a ditch and die, that's comedy. It, it, you can't get it. it you, you're too pure, Gail. You're just too a, that's You told it three, three times you told it. And I, 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 I just can't. That's okay. Just, there was jokes that Jayanta told that, that some people couldn't understand either. But anyway, <laughs> um, Rajasundari Radha, you look like you're enjoying our Bob here. Yeah, where, where, I like it. <laughs> where are you guys going? Oh, we're, we're, we're not, all. Are you moving to a new place? Yeah, well, we're just bringing some stuff over, yeah. Okay. But that Bob is right up my alley. What's that? That Bob is right up my alley. You understood the joke. Can you explain it to Gail? I, I don't know if I can explain it. Okay. <laughs> she, she, she maybe has to think about it. Like you said, she might be too pure, you know? Okay. <laughs> okay. Hi, Bob. Okay, anybody else? Anybody else want to say hello? Be subjective. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Oh, Suryaradhika, nice to see you back. <laughs> Thank you, Maharaj. Thank you. Okay, say hello to the people. Hello. Hare Krishna. Yeah, we were at her station, Maharaj, oh. in Vrindavan. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, Radhika, <laughs> say hello to your god brother Shamki Shore and your god sister. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. The best retreat is when one day, hopefully in this life, we can have a Sankirtan festival on the island of, and I won't say it. Because you got a, a, a streak of in that some of these, because you have that, you know, flavor for them a little bit Eastern. Yeah. What, what they cook for me. Maraj, you shared with me uh, the amazing rice that oh. your mother made. <laughs> delicious dish when we were in Vrindavan. You made Maraj and he uh, gave yeah. me a little bit of the Mahaprasad. It was incredible. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What what fresh preparation did you cook for me in Mayapur? Tell them what in that You remember in Mayapur you cooked for me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In Mayapur I made um, some uh, stew with rice. Yeah, but the one that you really like, Maharaj, is the lentil dish. This is the rice and lentil that you like it. Very yes. Much. 
Yeah. I made in America and then I made uh, uh, last time in Vrindavan. Oh, wow. I met them at the Bhakti Emerging. She's yeah. a professor of industrial design and doing a conference in San Francisco. And the person who brought them to Krishna consciousness told them, why don't you come to the retreat? Wow. And then, okay. and then she cooked for me at the retreat. That was good. Okay. That was my pleasure. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Hey, anybody else want to say hello? No? Hey, Krishna Guru Maharaj Narmasaki here. Thank you, you for know? the wonderful class. Okay. It's in their country, it's teacher day today. So she told me that. Anybody else? One more? Okay. We can end for now. A bunch of culprit